Hello, and welcome to the weekly podcast of C2 Church in Columbia, Missouri. Good morning, C2. How is everybody this morning? We're here. Can we do any better than that? How are we doing this morning? Okay, all right. I'll take that. I'll take that. It's good to see you. My name is Ben Miners. I'm the youth pastor here at C2. It's a pleasure to be with you this morning. Uh, I just want to say, if you are new here, um, thank you so much for coming. We're honored that you would be here with us on a snowy morning like today. If you'd like more, any more information about our church or ways to connect with C2, um, there's a connection card in the seat back right in front of you. Feel free to like fill that out, and after service, you can take it back to our connection center. We'd love to give you a free gift um, and just talk to you more about our church and give you some more information there. So thanks so much um, for being with us this morning. For those of you who are um, helping us as part of our mission to reach Columbia and the world for Jesus and with the human right, um, I just want to say thank you for your commitment to giving online and via our mobile um, application as well, mobile giving. Um, God's done some great things through this church. And so if you brought something with you this morning that you're saying, man, I want to participate, I want to give, I would encourage you to prepare your gifts now. Um, we're going to be worshiping through our giving in just a moment. But before we get there, um, I wanted, we're gonna be, these next couple of weeks, we're going to be highlighting um, one of our ministries here at C2, which is our, our school. It's kind of on that wing over there. Yeah, yeah, give it up. Um, Christian Chapel Academy, great ministry. It's been around for 28 years. And we've seen hundreds of lives impacted by um, the hard work and, and dedication of teachers and administration um, instilling Christian values in our kids. And so I have the pleasure and the privilege to have um, Courtney Tuberville with us this morning. She is our preschool program director and also on our youth staff. So she's a rock star, in other words. Um, and I just wanted to introduce her to you and let her, Courtney, would you share a little bit of your background and, and yeah, where you're from? Like Ben said, my name is Courtney Tuberville. I was born and raised in Monroeville, Alabama, where I went through a K-12 private school, and I moved on to our community college where I graduated with my associates and then met my wonderful husband, and we moved to Troy, Alabama, where I ended up graduating with my bachelor's degree and spent two years teaching kindergarten there, and then we moved here to continue my husband's education, and I have been teaching for two years here at CCA. Cool, rock on. That is awesome. Now, for you, Courtney, when you when you you started with Christian education here, what about Christian education um, for you is, is inspiring, and what, what do you love about that? Well, Christian education makes me really excited because not only are we getting the academic curriculum, but more importantly, children are able to spiritually grow in their walk with Christ. Through our Bible curriculum and our modeling teachers, students are able to apply the Bible in their daily life. We are able to teach them how to recite scripture, um, have conversational prayer with God, and most importantly, they're able to see the world through biblical eyes. Being able to go alongside children and being able to point them to scripture and pray with them and just show God's love is just so inspiring in a Christian education, and I believe all of these shape the identity of our children. That's awesome. That's awesome. So you're, you're involved specifically in early childhood development. Tell us a little bit about that and why that's important. Early childhood is fun. We have lots of little ones running around. So um, early childhood is the basic building blocks for children's future education. Here at CCA, our teachers are striving to make them fall in love with education from the very first experience. So um, we are trying to prepare them for their way with our wonderful kindergarten teacher, Mrs. Frazier. Mrs. Frazier has had many years of experience in kindergarten as well as preschool, which allows us to collaborate and make children successful in their next level of education. Very cool, very cool. So if, if someone sitting here this morning has a child and is saying, you know, I would love to get more information about this or how do I connect my, my child with um, CCA, what would be a next step for them? We have a table right out front, so if you can please connect with me, our, our principal, Kathy Baumgartner, we would love to give you more information about that. Very cool. 
That was awesome. Thank you so much, Courtney. It's a pleasure having you with us. Thank you. We're going to have our ushers come here in just a moment. We're going to uh, participate in giving. If, um, if, you are if you're a lady in the building with us tonight and you're interested in going to our spring expo, um, I've got some news for you. We have had so many registrations come in that we are having to bump up the deadline for registration. So the deadline for registration is actually today. Um, so if you want any more information about that, if you want to register, make sure you're going to this event. There's a table out um, in the lobby as well. Um, our spring expo for ladies is going to be a great event, so make sure to run by there and check it out. Our ushers are coming um, to, to give you an offering, uh, opportunity to, to worship through giving of uh, your tithes and offerings to the Lord. Our students, um, this, this last year, they give every week. We meet here on Wednesday nights in the same space, and they give to Speed the Light, which is an organization that sends missionaries around the world with the gospel. We are fighting to give people the human right. And last year they raised $9,000 for Speed the Light. Um, yeah, exciting. We were, able to, we were able to purchase a vehicle for a ministry in India that's combating um, human trafficking throughout India and, and parts of Europe. So I'm so proud of them. I want to encourage you, let's partner with them and what they're doing, taking the gospel um, to places that we can't physically see and touch. And that's exciting. Pray with me. Um, we're going to bless the offering. Father, I thank you so much for your presence here in this place. God, I thank you that we get to partner with you in your global mission to spread the news of, of Jesus around this world. God, I, I pray that everything that we give today, you would multiply it, you would put it to good use, and that we would be challenged in our hearts to live even more generously out of what you've given us. We love you, and it's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. We have um, a privilege today um, of hearing from our lead pastors, Jeremy and Darcy Reisner. It's a special treat. We're going to hear um, from them via video this morning. So get ready, get excited. We've got a great message planned for this morning. What is better, to be busy or not busy? Not, not, busy. not, not busy. Why is that better? You can play with people. Spend time home. doing something else than working. Not working and home. What's better, to be busy or not busy? Not busy. Lawn mowing. Lawn mowing. That's good. Do I ever get too busy? Yeah. Yeah. And then what do I do? Cranky? Cranky. Oh boy. <laughs> That's not good. What about when mommy's too busy? What is she like? <laughs> Headaches? Huh. She gets angry. And what about when you're too busy? <laughs> <laughs> Do you think the Bible has anything to say to us about being busy? What is something we could do every day? One simple thing that might really help us to not feel so busy. Pray. You want to pray, Elsie? I do, I do. Okay, you're going to pray? All right. Well, he was praying. I just didn't know he said amen. Oh, okay. <laughs> Good morning to you too. Happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day. So this is something new and different. Darcy it and I is. are coming to you via recording. And I, can I just say how awesome you all look this morning? 
You all do look good. I think we look pretty good too. We look pretty good. That's pretty good. They say yeah. the camera adds 10 pounds. Not for me though. Okay. It takes off. There's two cameras on us, so that's <laughs> even worse. Well, last week we had uh, a good time launching the series with Room, and uh, I talked a little bit about coffee and leaving room in your coffee cup for the good things, you know, the yes. cream and the sugar, which you like to put a lot of. Sometimes Jeremy says that he drinks coffee with a little bit of cream, but this is the kind of creamer that he uses, Girl Scout cookie, thin mint. What can I say? It's Girl Scout cookie. No, But it I, is yummy. It's, I do have it too. But. It's still manly. <laughs> I just had to get you back for that. <laughs> so last week we talked about living with room in our finances, about putting God first uh, in, in how you spend your money and mm -hmm. then managing what you have wisely. And, and we talked about that money is a great tool, but a horrible master. And we certainly have had those moments yeah. in our life where it was debt and credit that kind of ruled our lives. Yeah. But we, we talked about the 90-day challenge mm -hmm. and challenging people to take the next 90 days, to take the next step in being generous and giving and, and seeing what God might do. What could God do in 90 days if you just took the next step? So if, you, if you're not a giver, yeah. move to just giving. And if, if, that, if that is a sporadic thing, maybe you're, you start giving on a regular basis. Yeah. And then move to the principle of a tithe, the 10% of your income. And, or move to uh, from tithing to our mission's faith promises. And, and it's yeah. awesome to watch people's lives change and their finances they discover more even though yeah. they may not even be making more yeah it's true when you step out in faith and trust god it's amazing how he fulfills his promises that he gives to us yeah. so. when you leave room for god to do that yeah. it's amazing what he it's does. awesome so this week we're talking about living life filled to the brim mm. you know if you use the keurig machine incorrectly it will fill your cup <laughs> right up to the top and today we want to talk a little bit about living life filled to the brim and mm -hmm. what that looks like when you fill every square inch of your life, yeah. uh, your time, your schedule with being busy. Yep. I think um, when we were young, it was easy to book our schedule full of stuff. And I say when we were younger. <clears throat> yes. We still are. We are still young. That's true. Young. But like I remember in high school, I... I was always on the go. It, I mean, I would leave the house at like six in the morning for choir or band or sports or something. I wouldn't get home sometimes till ten o'clock, eleven o'clock at night. And for me, that uh, that you know, I I just was involved in so many things because mm -hmm. that's where I found my identity, my my mm -hmm. value. I felt important, and I felt like people looked at me different because I was involved in so many things. Well, then when we went into college, we met in college actually. For yeah. those of you that didn't know that, we met in college. And finding the balance of relationship and college life and mm -hmm. work and all of that was a struggle at times. Yeah. But um, we got married when we were in college and we were both able to finish school and balance our jobs. And we were um, volunteering as youth leaders at a youth group. And yeah. it was a little crazy times. at times, but it was fun. <laughs> like, I don't know. I think sometimes being busy is fun. And... You can be busy in a lot of good things. It was definitely stressful. You know, I can remember the times yeah. where I was working 40 hours a week. It's true. Going to school full time. You were working full time and finishing school. Yeah. And we were volunteering. And there's just those moments like we would just pass each other. We would, we would literally drive <laughs> yeah. two cars on the highway next to each other like, for like 10 <laughs> miles because 
we were going yeah. to the same place, but you know yeah. our schedules took us different directions. So, so it, was, it was hard to it was. to balance, uh, find those moments. Um, and now as parents, you know, having kids and busy looks so much different. So much different. Yes, all the different activities that we have our kids yeah. in, and um, of course, being pastors, having the church. But even all even in the when same we're building. home, it's like busy. Busy takes on a different. Uh, look, you know, we can get busy doing homework, um, you know, electronic being, devices. Being on you know, electronics, we're just, yeah. We're in the same room, but we're all just kind of yeah. busy doing something else. Yeah. You know, again, not bad things, but yep. not necessarily always the best things. You know, one of the things we've noticed is that uh, our, our culture seems to value busy. And I think for, for us, uh, it will drag you into it. it. It will convince you that your schedule needs to be filled with, with certain things and a certain level of things sometimes. And I think I find myself going willingly into that, just sort of believing this lie that I've got to fill my, my, my every second of my day and be busy, busy, busy. And I know when my life is filled to the brim, it's, it's so full that when I get bummed, you get burned, the kids get burned. You know? That's true. We've had some times in our married life um, that you have filled yourself with everything mm-hmm. else, and we've kind of gotten the leftovers. Yep. And I think there's a lot of things that we can fill our time with, but it's not always good because our health is affected. We end up getting sick, and others around us get sick. We're more irritable with people and just cranky. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because we're so busy that we don't have time to take care of ourselves. So yeah, right. Our, our tempers tend to tend to be right yeah. at that surface level. That any yeah. sort of bump or frustration seems to just spill over. And and when life is full of busy stuff, that's all about me. When that spills out, when it's just me spilling out, yeah. that's not good. Right. You know, the Bible talks about uh, from the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. Yeah. And and that's, I see myself at times where it's, I say things to the kids or, or I say it in, in ways that while they may deserve it and that's how, I sh- how it should be, it's said in such a way that it's, it's more loaded with my frustration at life and my irritability of yeah. all the stress that's directed at them. And it's those times where it's like, man, I didn't overflow or spill over with, with yeah. the fruit of the spirit and things of God. I spilled over with me. Right. And, and yeah. that isn't always a good thing. I think one of the things that I've learned is I can miss God, we can miss God and his best in our life when when our life is too full of, of the good things. I miss God's best because I settle for the good things. And what I've realized and what I, I try to remember is that saying yes to the best things, God's best things, means I've got to say no to some good things too. The story we find in Luke chapter 10 as recorded for us is that Jesus uh, is traveling, and he stops by the home of Mary and Martha. And, and we pick up the story in Luke chapter 10, verse 38 uh, through 42. It says this, As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord said. You are worried and upset about many things, but only one thing is needed. Mary has chosen what is better and it will not be taken 
away from her. There's a few things I, I, I think we can find in this scripture that can apply directly to us. You know, Jesus in this moment uh, of Martha serving him actually is rebuking her, admonishing her, and, and correcting her all at once. And he's doing it in love. And, and he isn't saying that serving and working are wrong things. It's just that in the busyness of all that was going on, Martha missed the best thing, this moment that she could have been having with Jesus. And it's good for things to be clean and in good order, and, and, and there's nothing sinful or wrong about that behavior, behavior. So why was Martha wrong? What was it that she was missing? Because Jesus said, man, there's, there's all these things that you could be doing, except you're missing the best thing. And it's the one thing he said that Mary wasn't going to miss out on, and he wasn't going to take it away from her. But Martha chose the good things. I would say even the culturally expected things. You see, Martha was fulfilling a cultural role and, and pattern. There was this pressure on her, especially as a woman in that culture, to be a great host. She, I mean, here she is. She's going to open her home to this great rabbi and his followers. She was prepping the food. She was taking care of other guests. But she was so busy with all these good things that she missed that the very Son of God, the Messiah, was sitting in her living room. Ask yourself this, what cultures, cultural pressures do I face? Maybe it's this cultural pressure to be a busy parent or uh, a busy young adult to fill your, your life with so many activities because it will look good on a resume and people will admire you for it. Maybe it's that, that pressure to be that soccer mom who, whose kids are involved in, in all sorts of things. Um, certainly, I felt the pressure to be an overachiever. I just had to, to be a part of everything, and, and that's where I got my value. But Jesus admired and, and encouraged what Mary was doing. She sat and she listened. But that was the usual posture of a disciple in Jesus' day. But unusual for a woman because the disciples were usually male. The women, like Martha, were expected to be someplace else. So Mary's breaking the rules, but Jesus actually encourages it. So Mary and Martha's not just asking for help. She was demanding that Mary keep the traditional way of behaving. Do you ever find yourself giving in to the cultural pressures of this world and our culture, even when sometimes you don't feel like, man, I'm not sure I'm supposed to be doing it that way? And look around. If you want what our culture values and has, by all means, keep living according to what the culture promotes, to that pattern. But what do you see? I'll tell you what I see. I see people who are, are haggard, they're worn out, they're selfish, they're broke, they're angry, they're sad, they're frustrated. They, they, they know it takes 20 minutes to get somewhere, and so they leave 19 minutes before they have to get there. That's the kind of world we live in. We leave, leave just enough time to get somewhere. We fill our cups to the brim. And then when an accident happens, when I'm rushing to get somewhere, I don't have the wherewithal to be in self-control because I'm so on edge. Here's what the Bible says that kind of life produces when we live according to what we feel is right. I would say the natural, instinctual way or even the cultural patterns. Galatians chapter 5 says this about how that pans out and what it looks like. It says that when we follow the, the natural way of living, and, and in fact it calls it the sinful nature, it says this, the, the fruit of it or the acts of the sinful nature are obvious, it says in Galatians 5.19. 
sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft. But here's where it gets a little more personal. Hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy. You see that list right in the middle, I think, fits sometimes the life we, we live. And, and the results of living on the ragged edge of a busy life leads us to rage and self-absorbed thinking and living. And yet this is what the Apostle Paul continues when he says in verse 22 of that same chapter in Galatians chapter 5. He says, but the fruit of having the Spirit of God rule and reign your life. He says, this is the evidence. So here's the measuring stick of your life to know if you're too busy. He's basically saying, are these evident in your life? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. That, that's kind of the ruling measure that we can say, man, I don't have those things in my life. I think life might be a little too full for those things. So we may have to find ways to do that. In fact, Paul writes to the church in Rome about this very kind of thing. He says in Romans 12:1, do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. I think that sounds a lot less stressful than sometimes the life I choose to live. You know, when you live life filled to the brim, you're saying there is no God but me. Because everything that, that I want to do is going to come before what I know God wants me to do. I think we see this in the story of Mary and Martha. Mary uh, here is sitting at the feet of Jesus. And Jesus says, that's the best thing. It's the better thing than anything else. And he's not going to take it from me. And Martha is, is here saying, hey, bow to the cultural pressures. Bow to the norms of what is expected. But we see what happens with Martha when she lived without room in her own life. Her stress has increased and her relationship suffered. I think sometimes we fight to stay in the place culture tells us to stay, only to miss out on the best. I think that's real easy to do. But here's God's promises to us. There's two scriptures, I think, that speak to this. In Isaiah 58, 11, it says this, The Lord will guide you always. He will satisfy your needs in a sun-scorched land and will strengthen your frame. You will be like a well-watered garden, like a spring whose waters never fail. And then in Matthew, the words of Jesus, Matthew eleven twenty eight, I will give you rest, rest for your souls. I mean, that's the promise of Jesus when we know that he is our best, the best we could ever busy ourselves with. So one of the questions I think we need to ask ourselves is why, why don't we choose to make room and live with room in our lives? And I think part of that is because we, we believe that this is, it's normal to fill our life yeah. to the brim. And, natural. <laughs> yeah, and it's just, it's natural. It's a, a pattern of the culture we live yeah. in, and we just, we just follow along. Blindly. It's expected. It looks successful. looks like good parenting. Yeah, when your kid is busy, yes. you're a good parent. We have everybody doing their own thing, and everybody's Everybody doing it. Everybody's doing it. So. Well, and I think your, your boss or your coworkers expect it or even admire you for it. Um, your spouse appreciates you for it. Yes, that's true. My kids require it. Hey, Mom, I want to sign up for this or that. And mm -hmm. so we kind of fall into that trap of like, okay, i got to sign my kids up for all these things. Right. So. Yeah. Well, I think our, our neighbors and friends approve of it too. Like, wow, they're a really busy family. They must have mm -hmm. it going on. they they got everything 
you know, kind of in order. Yeah. Even though most of their lives are probably ragged too, because we're <laughs> right. all we're doing, all trying to keep up with each other. Yeah. It's just a deadly cycle. Yeah. I I want to show you a video here in just a second that talks a little bit about it and talks about that it takes work to make your time count. Yeah. Um, being effective is is not necessarily being busy. Watch this video. One of the misnomers is that there's an inverse relationship between busyness and laziness. We, we tend to think that if someone's really busy, whatever problems that may present, at least we know they're not lazy. They're really hardworking people. But, but I actually think we're some of the busiest and laziest people at the same time. So that laziness uh, doesn't mean you're not doing anything. In fact, it's possible that our laziness manifests itself in that we never actually do rest or take a break. So for example, if, if I come home from work and put the kids in bed and I'm tired and I don't know quite what to do with myself and so as often happens I just I'll open my iPad or I'll flip open my laptop and I think, well, I ought to check a few emails. Is, is that hard work or is that laziness? Now, now I've just increase my busyness. I just, I, I, I'm not resting. I'm not having any sort of rhythm in my day. The whole day just comes together as a sort of mush. I'm sort of always on. But I think at that moment, there, there's really laziness that I, I, I don't want to work hard to engage at a book or to engage my wife or to pursue a hobby. And so often the, the easiest thing is to just slide into crank out a few more emails or you, you take out your phone and you zip around Twitter for a little bit and you, you look at Facebook and suddenly 45 minutes is gone and you go to bed and you think I haven't had a break all day but but what have you really done you've had a busyness that's coincided with actually a fair amount of laziness where, where I think the problem isn't hard work it's not that people are working too hard it's that we're not working in the right proportion and we're, we're not working hard at all the things we have to work hard at. So if people say, I'm a workaholic, I say, well, what you probably mean is I, I work really hard at my job, and then I don't come home and work very hard to love my wife, or I don't work very hard to, to have a Sabbath. And so we need to work hard at the same time uh, if we're going to tackle this busyness. If we just think laziness is the opposite of busyness, we're probably end up being both. So Kevin DeYoung says busyness can actually be a sign of laziness, which I, it kind of shocked me I when know. you said that. When you showed me that video, I was like, what? I'm not lazy when I'm busy, but there's some. I'm, I'm working. Right. What I'm you doing said about, important things. Yeah, when you said <laughs> that about emails, one of the things I, I, have, I have done is, you know, I had my work email on my iPad and my computer mm -hmm. and my, and my iPhone. Phone. Yeah. And so, I mean, there were times where I'd wake up in the morning stressed and trying to think, oh, I can get ahead of the game. Mm -hmm. I can get ahead of the busyness. And mm -hmm. I'd be checking my email first thing in the morning and stressing about having to answer someone right away. And um, the same is true about text because people can reach us 24 hours a day, right. seven days a week. There's, there's just no place to get away from it unless yeah. you're intentional. And as he talks about it, takes more work. Yeah. Um, 
come home and be intentional with my time or intentional with our time instead of yeah. just being busy about other things, which is really being lazy. I, I never yeah. thought of it that And way. I actually appreciated when we changed over to our new network and you could have had the option to put your email back on your phone, I actually appreciated that you didn't. Because there were many times where you would check it late at night or sometimes in the middle of the night, you told me, and things that you couldn't deal with right then. But then it would stress you and it would affect mm -hmm. your behavior and stuff. So I think that was a, a really good thing that you did for our family. Yeah. You know, sometimes we forget that those things that were meant for our convenience, mm -hmm. like cell phones, yeah. other people think are for their convenience so yeah. I want to reach you right away and if you don't yeah. answer whether it's a text or an email, <laughs> where are they yeah. you know and I have to explain to people like if you text me at a time like at dinner you know tonight we had texts coming through but my phone was not at the table yeah I mean there that is a discipline right there not having your phones <laughs> at the table know, and you hear right? it going off and you're like I want to go check like, it <laughs> who is it I've got to get to it and yeah. you start freaking yeah. out but I I knew it could wait. Mm -hmm. There's nothing during dinner time with the kids at the table because what I'm saying to the kids is I need to be busy about something else right. and not you. Yeah, you guys wait while I go check on something that and might be more inconsequential important. That's right. inconsequential really <laughs> in the end. Um, and it's easy to get busy with hobbies and mm -hmm. habits rather than building a stronger marriage. Yeah. You know, I love fishing and hunting and there's times where I'm like, I, I want to go do those things but I also think, is this wise? Is it? Am I just getting busy about being away from the stresses of the the house or at work, which is good? You yeah, know, and, you need those and times. And we try to though. balance yep. that out, mm -hmm. but I don't try to use it as an escape from uh, being with the kids or being with right. you. And that that's important to me. But that aspect of not being lazy about building a stronger marriage, building a better spiritual life, yeah. you know, that takes time. It does. And discipline. Discipline, and yeah. it's hard or building a stronger family life. And so it's easy to come home and just check out, you know, watching TV or going to the hobby or to the, to the electronic device rather than engaging, you know. Right. So the question I think as we close is, how do we fight the culture of busyness so that we can experience God's best? I, I would say the first that thing that we have tried to do consistently is examine our purpose. Yeah. If you don't have a purpose in life, it's really hard to evaluate what you're doing. Right. Should I do it? Should I not do it? Yeah, I'll just do everything. <laughs> right, and Rick, yeah. Rick Warren writes that great book, Purpose Driven Life. Yeah. That really helps you find and discover your purpose because then everything else kind of finds its place in your life. You know, see, I don't think busyness is just about the what that you're doing. It's about the why. Right. Why That's are good. you doing the things that you're doing? Why is it that we feel so drawn to certain activities? And, and they could be great activities. Right. In fact, they could be God-given. Yeah. But how do you know if you've never decided what my purpose and mission in life is? What are yeah. those things that are most valuable? You know, as parents, we've said to, to ourselves, we try mm -hmm. to live by the fact that we don't want kids that are just well-rounded. Mm -hmm. We want kids that are well-grounded. Yeah. And so we want them to understand their purpose and value and their mission and identity in life before they get sucked away into all these other things. And I think that's good for us as parents, but I think for single parents out there, 
they're probably thinking, well, that's great for the two of you, but right. what about me? I can't help but be busy because I'm on my own. Yeah. And I think some of the things that we have encouraged single parents to do, whether you're a single dad, single mom, is to have a support system. You know, if you don't have family around, there are many times in our ministry that we didn't have family around. Yeah. So we really relied on our church family. And I really encourage single parents, you know, to get involved in a life group or something that you can get connected with some church family because when things happen and you just need some help, we as a church family want to be there to support you because it's hard raising mm -hmm. kids. And we have, you know, each other, but sometimes as a single parent, you feel all alone. And I really encourage single parents to really get that support system and hopefully the local church is someone that they can trust. Yeah, and I would say if you're a single parent, one of the, one of the things you need to focus on is doing your best to be healthy. Mm -hmm. And I, I think that means um, being healthy in your expectations of yourself. Yeah. Um, as I've watched some of the great single parents we have in our church or mm -hmm. just the people we've met in our life, I admire them so yes. much. Man, it, it takes a lot of um, intestinal fortitude to deal with the things that, that they've had to deal with and, yeah. and maybe the reasons they are a single parent but I, I think sometimes I see them place such high expectations on yeah. themselves. Mm -hmm. um, and I want, I want to free you of that single parent. Uh, whatever your circumstances, God knows. Mm -hmm. And he's not expecting you to fulfill both roles of, yeah. of both parents, even though you're trying. And, and I've watched some pretty amazing yeah. single parents do Absolutely. some pretty incredible jobs. Mm -hmm. But be healthy in the expectations that you have of yourself. Uh, don't expect that you can, can do it all and be all things to your kids. You know, that's that's the advantage yeah. of being in part of, part of a faith community is there's so many wonderful people. You know, our kids ministry is a great place to drop yes. your kids off and let the, the men and women and the, the teenagers who serve mm -hmm. back there love on your kids yes. and invest in them. And, and Take time for yourself. Yeah. You, you and God <laughs> alone, you know, just yeah, having that time. Yeah, take that time to worship. Yeah. Get involved in, in a... In like the Ask Me team or the Life Cafe team, where you can meet people and connect and, mm -hmm. and build those resources, right. yep. but also have healthy expectations of your uh, of your children. Yeah. You know, sometimes um, in the situations you face, you might have really high expectations mm -hmm. of your kids when there are things in their life that they might just be missing, and that's okay. Understand that things might be a little bit different. It's okay to say no. It's okay to yeah. to to maybe lower the expectation in terms of what I expect from, from myself and, and from my kids in that situation. They yeah. don't, they, you may have to have that conversation. And I think this goes for every parent. Yeah, have the conversation does. with right. your kids, right? Yeah, we've talked about that. Being open and honest with them, you know, about things that are going on. And I think they really appreciate that. Yeah, at their level. Right, you know, of course. Talking yeah. at their level, but we certainly have said Might be a little kids. bit different than a two-year-old talking yeah. to them than a 14-year-old, obviously. Yeah. And there, we always are clear, like, this is up for discussion <laughs> or this is the decision. Right, you know? yeah. But I think it's important that you, you have that conversation in terms of, um, you know, I, I would love for you to be able to do that, but we don't have the time. Or we financially, we've decided right. that's not yeah. the priority right now. And and help your kids navigate that. Yeah. Saying no is okay. You can't yeah. do everything in life. That's right. I would say that as we examine our purpose, I also have taken moments to say, what are the distractions or weaknesses? Mm. We talked about the cell phones, yeah. pulling away from that at dinner time mm -hmm. or times at home where we just say, you know what, phones away, electronics away. Um, what are the things that you don't need? 
Yeah. If you don't need it, cut it out. Right. You know, that create that room. Or what can you do or have less of? You know, I remember when we first moved into our house about a year ago, we didn't connect cable or internet for like the first few months. And mm -hmm. it was tough. Oh it my was goodness. Tough. We were going through withdrawal, right? <laughs> one of the things we did That's was we, we had a, a box full of board games um, on the table and we found ourselves like scurrying to the table yeah. quite frequently to play a, a game, whether it was just uh, you and me or the kids. Yeah, uh, all of us the, together. We'd, we'd find the kids playing by themselves mm -hmm. or two of us or all of us together. And it was those moments I think, man, I kind of want to cut away internet and Netflix. And we still don't have cable. It's a decision we've made. But yeah. sometimes we've let those other things kind of creep back in. And, yeah. When we examine our purpose, one of the things we look at is our commitments. I think people have a commitment issue. It's not that we are afraid of commitment. It's that we overcommit. We don't yeah. say no to enough yeah. things. I think it's because we suffer from FOMO. What? <laughs> Fear of missing out. All the kids are saying it these days. All the kids? Really? Are you kids saying that out there? I must be really mm -hmm. out of it. FOMO because YOLO. Okay, anyway. So after you've examined your purpose... You need to set priorities. Yeah. Priorities is very important. We've had to learn that, and we're still learning that, actually, you know, because as seasons in life change, yeah. you know, sometimes you have to look at things a little bit different, but priorities, what things are of value, what is valuable to, valuable to me, what is valuable to us as a couple, as a family, kind of have to look at that and what your purpose and mission in life is. Yeah. And then, like we talked about earlier, having that conversation with the kids and figuring out what maybe their priorities are and just kind of fit, fitting that into a whole family yeah. priority list. Yeah. And, and when you say, hey, God is going to be first, yeah. what does that look like? I mean, yeah. I, I think a chur in church it's easy to say, put, put God, God first. first. Right. Well, what, what does that how mean? How do you live that out? So, yeah. so what, do we, what do you do? I'll, I'll ask you. So one of the things by leaving room for God and putting him first is just in everything that I do is talking to God throughout the day. You know, I know some people are like, pray, read your Bible, do all of that. But I think praying sometimes is scary to people. It's really just having a conversation with God. I know the other day um, I was in my bedroom and um, my son walked in and he's like, mom, who, who were you just talking to? I'm like, I was talking to God. I was just, I was praying. He was like, oh, okay, that's cool, and walked out. But you have I, his approval. Yeah, I had his approval, but I just think make God part of everything that you do, you know, and teach your kids that, that we can have these conversations out loud to God. You know, you can obviously hear when we don't talk it out loud, but I think words, speaking it out loud is very important for our kids to hear that. So yeah. Putting God first, whether it's getting up that 15 minutes early to just spend the time yeah. quietly. When, when, when you rest in God in, that, in those few minutes, it, it's so important it to is. Get, get the day started. But, you know, one of the things we've done is on our electronic devices, we've installed things that, that invite our kids to interact with God through electronic devices. Yeah. So we have the, the Bible Kids app, yeah. the Kids Bible app, whatever yeah. it's called, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, Maddie does the U version the that U we version. do. Yeah, so many yep. ways that, that we can say, hey, if you're going to do these things, there's, there's still ways mm -hmm. to prioritize God. We choose marriage over kids. I know yep. people look at us like, what? Kids are, are, are our lives. No, no, no. If you put your kids before your marriage, your marriage will fail, absolutely fail. Yeah, and true. so many people in our culture idolize their kids. That's why 
the kids' sports and the kids' everything is so is in the forefront of the family, yeah. and the marriage is failing. It's suffering. Yeah. So we've said, you know what? We're going to flip that. The marriage is going to be first, and the kids are second. So yeah. when it's mommy, daddy time, date night, the however kids, that looks, whatever for you. that looks yep. like, mm -hmm. the marriage has to come first. And then we yeah. say kids over work, work, and church, everything, hobbies. Yeah. Yeah, and sometimes, you know, we have found that the different schedules yeah. of the week, you know, we try to set a family night, and that may look different each night. It's not going to be a set night mm -hmm. each week because of our schedules, but we show our kids that they are priority, and one of the things that we talked about earlier is just we bring them along with us and doing ministry with yeah. us, and that's just another way that our family yeah. hangs out together and really enjoys serving yeah. others. So The last thing in, in, in terms of the priorities, you know, if you, once you've examined your purpose and you're making those priorities, yeah. it really is family over culture. Because um, culture is going to tell you to do all sorts of yeah. things and invite you in. And again, they're not bad things. Yeah, anymore. it's not. There's a lot of good things out there. It's just that we're going to choose our family. What our family has decided mm -hmm. is a priority and a value. We're going to do that over whatever our culture says. Yeah. And, and here's the final thing. Once you've examined your purpose and you've set your priorities, make a plan. Yeah. Just like you budget for money only with your time, what are the non-negotiables? Yeah. Um, we've said Sunday church. It's a non-negotiable. It's not a discussion. It doesn't come up. I don't feel like going to church. Mm -hmm. Now, we're the pastors. It's a little yeah. bit different. But even when we weren't, mm -hmm. that was still a priority for the kids. You know, yeah. It was like, we're going. This, yeah. Everything else is built around yeah. that time. And Wednesday night, you know. As and we look at activities that we sign them up for. Yeah. Are they going to require our kids to have events on Sundays or on Wednesdays? Then that might not be an activity that we sign them up for. We've, so you know, we we've kind of had to look into that. Right, we haven't encountered that as much. Mm -hmm. And I know there are parents probably watching this right now saying, man, my kid, their sport, yeah. their traveling team they takes them that, every so. Sunday. Or it takes them, you know, certain Sundays. Right. Again, that's, that's something you should yeah. sit down and decide. Mm -hmm. what's my priority, how is this going to affect our life, yeah. and how long This for? is what has worked for us right. and what we've had to do. So, But again, we, we invite our kids, we, we bring our kids to church, not because we, I'll say it this way, we want them to see church as a place they are part of, mm -hmm. a community, not yeah. just something they attend. Because in that regard, then it's just something that, yeah. well, if I don't feel like going, and then we, we try to put the other priorities of camps and retreats and missions trips, and those are the commitments we've decided are important. So... When you make a plan, what are the non-negotiables? Second, plan for rest. Here's yes. one that I don't think most people do. They, they <laughs> think of vacation sometimes as, oh, I'll, I'll rest at summer vacation. But but it, how many of you come back from a vacation, you need another vacation, right? Yeah, because you're tired. <laughs> you're so worn out. You have to be purposeful in creating mm -hmm. space. So when you make your plan, create space. Yeah. Create that room. And, and let me say this. Don't be discouraged. You know, as we talk today, yeah. this isn't something we've no. sat down and... Yeah and have figured out in the last week, it's things that we've learned yeah. over the course of, we've been married for years. And we're still years. learning, yeah. you know, as different seasons in life that mm -hmm. we've talked about, so. So what, when you, as, as you look at your plan, what are some small steps you can take now to create some mm -hmm. space? And, and what are things, what are goals you wanna set to get to? But take those small steps. You know, the Bible talks about Sabbath, this, this idea of resting, and it's not yeah. just resting, like resting from work. It's resting in God. Yeah. It's it's enjoying God. It's enjoying mm -hmm. what He's given us. Um, it's it takes us out from busy doing to just being and resting yeah. in that. 
I would say, you know, that speaks to the Psalm, Psalm 4610, be still mm. and know that I am God. You know, yeah. we don't do, I don't do good being still at yeah. all. It's very hard, but very important because yeah. as you are still and you're resting in God, how much he can fill you with the right things. If you leave a little room. Right. You if know. you leave a little room. Oh. Does that mean God is my cream and sugar? I think that might be mm, where the I analogy ends. <laughs> the final thing is, you know, as you as you make your plan and, and uh, you know, so you're uh, you're realizing what your non-negotiables are. You're planning for rest. The final thing is find your rhythm. We've mentioned this yeah. a couple times, but the idea of seasons in life. We know that yes. the fall is really busy for us from about mm -hmm. August to end of October, yeah. beginning of November. Those are three really busy months. What's that? Three months: August, September, October. Yeah, three months. Yeah, good job. Saturday, right? <laughs> I got a college degree. <laughs> awesome. But we know those months are going to be very busy. Yes. And so we try to find our rhythm. We know mm -hmm. that uh, right now it's, it's February. We know that it's going to get a little bit busier as we get towards the end of the school year. So uh, February, March, April, and into May, there's just a lot of stuff going on yeah. at church and, mm -hmm. and in our own lives. And so we know we're going to have to do some more planning. Where yeah. summer is, is not so much, you know, we, we got vacations and the kids are at home and things like that. Or missions trip and missions camps trip. and VBS. Okay, so it does get busy. <laughs> it's like, right. what summer are you a part of? But as you find your <laughs> rhythm, again, the idea of purpose, why am I doing this yeah. and does it need to be done? Or here's a better question, does it need to be done now? Yeah, that's You know, good. some things can be delayed till maybe it's not mm -hmm. the busy time, you know. We've talked about finishing off a little part of our basement, and you know, there's busy times where I'm like, oh, I really love to do that because I just want to maybe some escape, like just something to do. Yeah. But life is so busy. The man that, work. Yeah, it would just be the <laughs> wrong time to do it, even though it needs to get done. Yeah. And we want to get it done. We're gonna sit down and go, okay, when is the best time mm -hmm. when life's not crazy? And so that's yeah. that's what you might want to do is as you're making your plan, find your rhythm. Plan for those busy times. You know, one of the things uh, we have found is that we'll even go to the calendar and write everything out, yeah. who's going where and who's taking whom. Yeah. And we even plan our dinners. We do. I have to. Otherwise, what, we, what happens, if you do not plan your meals ahead, you are spending more money because, oh, someone needs to eat here, so i got to go pick them up food here. And then, oh, we don't have dinner for us. Now we got to pick up. And our expenses were going up, so we were not being wise with the money. And we were stressed about our money situation because right. we are spending so, more of our, our budget yeah. than we planned on it. So we really had to sit down and take time to yeah. plan out, okay, who's home this night and plan our meals accordingly. And we're stressed because we get or we get we get home and nothing's planned, and so we're stressed about that. We've got to get yeah. somewhere in two hours and we got to build. But the things, kids so. love that because it's cereal night yeah, then. It's cereal. <laughs> Don't judge cereal night. <laughs> Sometimes it's pancakes. Once in a while, it's, it's totally fine. <laughs> well, as you plan for busy times, that's when you ask, what can I remove from my life? Maybe even just for a, that season. Mm -hmm. Or what, what can I lessen? What can I do? What can, what can uh, maybe lessen the stress, like planning meals right. ahead of time? What can you do this week to live life with room? We've talked about a lot of things that can help you do this, and I hope it's been encouraging, not discouraging, figuring out how busy your life is. But just think about this week. What are some things that you can do differently to leave room? Have a great week, C2. We love you. Happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day. Kiss Cam. Oh. Bye. <laughs> that was a bad kiss, but that's all right. You know, our... Did you get that? 
Why would you say that's a bad kiss? I'm not a bad kisser. I did a bad kiss. Oh, well, you weren't specific. Isn't it great to be able just to explore new ways of learning from God's word um, together? Let's, can we stand and, and pray together as we leave this morning? Let's trust that God would help us to um, submit our lives to him in a way that makes the important things take precedence over maybe the busyness and the chaos in our lives. Father, we thank you for our time together. We thank you uh, for the people here in this room. Lord, I know that that message was one I needed to hear. And God, I ask that um, we would be encouraged by, by the practicality of your word and that it applies to our lives today. Help us to go forward um, this week living in, in full lives, but full of the right things, doing your work and um, putting the things in our lives that matter most, putting those things first and leaving margin for the things that you want to do um, and the surprises that you want to bring our way. We trust in you today. Bless your people as we leave this place and that we thank you for all that you do and, and who you are to us. It's in the mighty and powerful name of Jesus we pray. Amen. A couple things real quickly. If you're interested in signing up for our next classes, um, like Financial Peace University and some of our parenting classes and whatnot, there, there's a table out here um, in the lobby called Next. Um, go ahead and check that out. And also, if you're a college student, after second service, we have a college luncheon back in the gym. Feel free to come join us. It's going to be a blast. Have a great week. Hey, we're so glad you listened in. If you made a decision to follow Christ today or would like more information, please email us at nextsteps at c2church.com or visit us at c2church.com.